Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. This, this little passage of Scripture just continues to go over and over in my mind. How many of you know the Word of God is powerful? I love to jump, I love to shout, and I love to run, and I love to do all those things. But I want to tell you something. If you don't have relationship with the Word of God, your running will be in vain. And your jumping will be in vain. But when you understand, I'm running because I know the Word. I'm jumping because the Word of God has spoke to me. I'm weeping, Sister Ruth, because of the Word of God. And here's this passage of Scripture. It says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Listen to this. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That's pretty awesome. If you, if you remember that you were a nobody and you got chosen by God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What are we going to do now? Listen, there's a story in the Bible, and and I'm going to just kind of paraphrase it because this is a word that, that Holy Spirit dealt with me about this morning. And this story is in the book of Numbers, chapter 13. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture, but, but I'm going to just paraphrase because I want, I want you to get this word. If you want to stay around the altar, that's up to you. Whatever you feel comfortable in doing, just go ahead and do it. Worship team is going to stay up here and just hang out for just a little bit. So, because this story is, is about the children of Israel on the precipice or on the verge of entering in to the promised land. And so they sent 12 spies out to spy out the land. Most people don't realize that sending the 12 spies out to spy out the land was not God's plan. As a matter of fact, if you'll read in the book of Deuteronomy, you'll find where the people, the people wanted Moses. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, 
that the people wanted Moses to send spies out to see if what God had promised them actually existed. So I just want you to understand that when they sent the spies out, Moses did that just to satisfy the people. In other words, Moses did that to satisfy a faithless people. So they send the spies out. They go out and they spy out the land. You know the story. Most of us do that, that, that when they spied out the land and they were looking over the land and they said these words that, that surely everything that's been said about this land is real. Surely it's a land that flows with milk and honey and surely it's a place exactly like God said it was, but you see, unbelief will always, unbelieving eyes will always dictate what you believe in your heart. If you allow your eyes to see in unbelief, your heart will always follow the eyes of unbelief. But here's the thing. You know the story, they came back, the spies came back, and, and they were giving the report of, of everything they saw, and, and they were reporting back to Moses, 12 men. And so they began to tell Moses, yeah, we saw uh, all this land, and it's, it's surely a good land, but, but in this land we also saw giants. In this land, it's a, it's a hard land. It's a land that's very difficult to traverse. The people there are very evil, and, and there are giants everywhere. And here was the kicker. They said, we saw the giants, and we saw the land. And I want to I read you this. And they said that when we saw the giants and we saw all the land, in, in verse 33 of Numbers chapter 13, and they saw the sons of Anak and, and all of that, and, and they said that when we saw that, we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. This is not a, 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 a new word. It's something that you've heard many times. So I want to I bring this down because I believe this morning that God's given a word to somebody here today. Because God had already promised them this land. They went to check it out. As they checked it out, they saw the giants. And they recognized when they saw the giants... Their response was a, a response without faith, and they said, we saw them, and what we saw of them caused us to see ourselves as grasshoppers. 
And here's the word this morning that I want to give you. That there are many people perhaps today that you are not walking in the fullness of what God wants you to walk in. Because of what you're seeing with your eyes. And what you're seeing with your eyes is dictating to your spirit how small you are. All right? But there was a man in that group of spies whose name was Caleb. Several months ago, I was studying about Caleb. And I I looked up what his name meant. Did you know that Caleb's name is the exact opposite of his faith? Caleb's name means dog. The lowest of the low. But Caleb was chosen to be one of the spies. You know the story. Him and Joshua were the only ones out of, the, out of all those men that said, we can do this. Joshua went on to become the leader of the nation of Israel. Caleb was not a leader. But here's what the Lord spoke to me. And, and, and man, I struggle with this because... I want to do something else. But here's what the Lord spoke to me this morning. He said, son, there there are people that are going to be in that service today. And they're surrounded by people who don't believe they can. They're surrounded by people who do not possess the faith to see miracles, signs, and wonders. He said, Caleb was surrounded by people that did not have the faith to believe that God was able to do what he had said he was going to do. And these three things, and I'd written this down months ago about Caleb. And the Lord said, I want you to bring this out this morning. And I want you to remind People or somebody here this morning, Caleb had been labeled by his very name. Caleb was one that that was subject to the label of others. Remember, he tried to quiet the people and he tried to encourage the people and the people responded back to him in a negative way. There are times in your life, ladies and gentlemen, that you have to realize that the label that people have put on your life will hold you down and it will keep you down and it will stop you from getting the blessing of the Father. Because labels that are put on us by people will always limit us. Your label will always pose a limitation to how far you go. You see, but Caleb, 
Caleb said this. He said, we're well able to take the land. We're well able to possess what the Father has told us we could. In other words, Caleb came out from under the label. And God spoke to me and he said, there are people, there's, as a matter of fact, there are men that are in this room this morning and God's got a calling and a plan for your life, but you've been labeled by others and that label has restricted you. It's held you back and has stopped you from stepping out for the Lord. In other words, that label that people have put on your life has become a limitation to your ability to walk in what God wants you to walk in. Maybe the label that people have put on you is loser or, or you've, you've been here before and you always go back. You've been here before and you always mess up and people label you. People label you because of a tattoo on your body or people label you because of how long or how short your hair is and people will put labels on us and we don't realize it but people, when they put labels on us, it limits us from being obedient to the Lord. See, Caleb said this. We are well able to take the land. But here's the thing that that Holy Spirit dealt with me about. He said there are people that are stuck under a label. And they're limited on being obedient to me. And they don't know how to get out from under it. Listen, listen, guys. Pressure put on you by others will hold you down. People will put pressure on you to be like they are. People will put pressure on you to be as dead as they are. People will put pressure on you to be as spiritless as they are. Because misery always loves company. And we get around people. Thank God that, that you came to McCullough this morning because I want to tell you something that labels don't matter at McCullough. And God brought you here this morning because somebody put a label on you and it's become a lid on the anointing that God is wanting to work in your life. Somebody here this morning, God's called you into ministry, but somebody labeled you and therefore you've got a lid on your life now and you can't walk in obedience to God, but you're miserable. Somebody here this morning, and, and listen to me, somebody has put that label on you, or you've been somewhere where you've been labeled, and because you've been labeled, it has been that lid on your life, and you never could get above it. And you've been limited 
Listen, Caleb made the decision standing in the middle of all those people, in the middle of all his friends. Caleb made the decision, I am not going to be labeled and I'm not going to have a lid on my life and I'm not going to be limited by, the, uh, by my surroundings, but I am going to believe that God is able to do what he said he would do. And here's the thing. I said I wasn't going to be long. Here's the thing. The Bible says this about Caleb, that he possessed another spirit. He possessed something that nobody else had. But I want to tell you something. You can possess something but not walk in it. Just because you possess something doesn't mean that it manifests in your life. Caleb wholly followed the Lord. The Bible says uh, that Caleb had a different spirit and he wholly followed the Lord. In other words, he followed the Lord with everything that he had. And here's the thing. Caleb was 80-something years old. The children of Israel had already crossed over into the promised land. Caleb stood before Joshua in the book of Joshua chapter 14. And he stood before Joshua and he said this, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day saying, Surely because you have wholly followed the Lord your God. And now behold the Lord has kept me alive just as he said these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. Listen to this. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then, for war and for going and coming. So now, give me this hill. King James Version says, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how that the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. And it may be that the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out just as the Lord said. So why are you saying all that, Pastor? I'm saying that because I believe this morning that there are, there are people here today that have Caleb potential. I believe this morning that there are those that are here this morning that there's something, there's a gifting and an anointing and a calling in your life that is a Caleb potential. But it's always just out of your reach. You can't seem to muster up the strength to walk like Caleb I want you to know that Caleb, the Caleb, and I'll call it the Caleb anointing, is not for the weak. It is not for the wimp. 
It is not for the limp wrist. It is for those who are willing to stand up and not care what somebody says. It's for those who are willing to stand up and not worry about the crowd and not be led by the crowd. They're not a crowd pleaser. They're not out to please everybody in the crowd, but they're willing to understand that when God speaks something, it doesn't matter if everybody in my family don't agree with it. It doesn't matter if everybody in my neighborhood don't agree with it. I am going to walk in obedience to the Lord. But listen and understand this, that you can't do it on your own, and you can't you can't build up your strength. You can't say to yourself, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, and do it. You've got to have something else. There's got to be something outside of you that gets inside of you that gives you the power and the motivation. You say, well, Pastor, that's exactly what I need because I'm dealing with some issues. I'm dealing with some things today, and I'm struggling with some issues this morning, but I can't seem to get through it. I'm struggling with, with, with a label that was placed on me years ago, and I'm bound by that. There's a lid on my life, and I'm limited on what I can do and what I can be and who I can be for Jesus, but I don't know how to get out from under it. Can I give you this word this morning? Just hold on, we're fixing to quit. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and look with me at, at verse 15. Begin with verse 15. He so said, I want to tell you guys, I'm your pastor. I'm your pastor. And I don't lay in bed and worry, but I do lay in bed and I think about the condition of people that come into this sanctuary on Sundays and Wednesdays. And I do, I am concerned about people and the condition of people. I'm concerned about people who I don't see on Sunday morning. I'm concerned when I don't see somebody at church on Sunday morning. It, it doesn't bother me with anger, but it bothers me because I wonder what is going on in your spirit. I, I, I worry and... and all you religious folks want to say, oh, well, Pastor, you need to quit worrying. I worry about the young believers and the young 
uh, 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 seekers that are coming in and, and those that God has so graciously blessed us and given us the opportunity to be a part of your spiritual relationship with God. I worry about you. I want you to know that. I worry about you. I worry about when, when I don't see you on Sunday morning because I'm asking myself the question, I wonder how they're doing or I wonder what's going on in their life. Because I'm a pastor and I'm a father because I love my children and I'm concerned. And there would be nothing more that would please me to come in and, and do a few pumps and get you pumped up and all of that and get you shouting and running and jumping. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm more concerned about how you're walking with God and how you're overcoming the battles that you're facing. That's my concern. Listen, that's one of my colleagues is a pastor. Yes, I operate as a prophet sometimes, and, and yes, I operate as an apostle sometimes, and all of that, and a teacher, and all of that, but my main calling is to pastor. If I didn't care about you, I wouldn't bother with it. If I didn't care about you, I'd just take up an offering on Sunday morning and send you out and say, have a good week. I can't do that. But, but here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, that I want you to get this morning. I believe that, that we all, all of us, have got to come to a place that we can make a stand In the face of the enemy. And we can stand there and, be, and know who we are and overcome what the enemy is throwing against us. So here's this, here's this thing. It's very simple. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints... Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That's Paul, the apostle, that's praying for the church, the people of Ephesus. He said, I, 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 don't, I don't cease. I'm constantly giving thanks to God for you and giving praise to God for you. Look at verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Listen, Caleb. And Caleb Etz. Hear this, because I believe this is a word that's for, that's for somebody here this morning, whether you are a Caleb or a Calebette. I believe this is a word for you today. That the only way that you're going to take your mountain is that you've got to have that spirit of wisdom and revelation 
in the knowledge of who Christ is. It is the working of Holy Spirit that begins to move in your life that reveals things that you're not able to see with your natural eye. It is the working of God's anointing inside of your life that that takes you past what is right there next to you and shows you the things of God. So, Pastor, why do I need that? Going down to the next verse. It's a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ that the God or the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Can I tell you something this morning? You've been praying for a miracle. You've been seeking God and you've been begging God when all you need is that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. That you might know what is the expectation, the expectancy of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Everything hinges on the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who he is. So go ahead and stand with me, please. The Bible says that the things of God cannot be seen by the natural man. But the things of God can only be seen by those who have a spiritual perception and a spiritual understanding. There's so many times in my life that I struggle with things and I battle over issues and things such as that. But when I begin to pray, when I begin to worship, there's something about that wisdom and revelation that begins to come. And God begins to reveal to me his truth, his plan. 
So Caleb or Caleb Ed, I want to tell you this morning, if you're wondering today why you're being subject to the labels and bound by the lid and closed in by limitations, recognize this, that God is saying, Let me give you revelation. Let me give you that spirit of wisdom and revelation that's going to open your eyes. Caleb was just a man, just like us. He was no different. But the difference maker was the God that Caleb worshipped. Everybody around him were churchgoers. Everybody around him had been delivered out of Egypt. But everybody around him didn't know God like Caleb did. So you can be surrounded by people that know how to look good, know how to dress good, and know how to talk good. But when the rubber meets the road, they'll back up. But God's telling you this morning, I'm taking the R off of your column. Because I've got plans that you're involved in. I want them to sing this morning. And I know we've already been to the altar, and I know we've already prayed and all of that. But I just want to ask you this question this morning. Do you feel like today that, that you need to shake some labels off? Somebody said, talking about denominations and labels and all of that, that on that day, Our labels are either going to fall off going up or they're going to burn off going down. Because you're not going to a heaven that's labeled. But if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I feel like that I'm bound up because I've been labeled and I can't seem to get out from under that label. It has become a lid on my life. And because of that, I am limited in what I feel that I can do for the Lord. If that's you this morning, as they sing, I want you just to step out from your seat. I believe there are men of God here this morning that that's you. And I believe that God brought you here this morning to tell you I am about to change your label. Noah, the Bible says, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Noah, you you remember, he he built the ark. And all the world was flooded. Noah's and Noah and his family were the only ones that were saved. But if it'll make you feel a little bit better, when the water went down, 
One of the first things that Noah did was get drunk and open one of his children up for a curse from the Lord. Abraham was, a, was the father of our faith. He was a great man of God. But Abraham looked at his wife one day and said, Hey, I want you to tell them that you're my sister. Because I don't want them to kill me. Abraham, listen, and Sarah, the promise that God gave us is not fulfilled yet. So Abraham, just have an affair with your maid. And let's do it that way. You say, Pastor, why are you, why are you saying all this? I'm telling you, if you read if you just read in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, you'll see where that the heroes of faith, the people that are in the hall of fame of faith, were messed up people. They were people that didn't know how to dot their I's and cross their T's. There were people that, that God pulled them out of, out of their mess and out of their junk. David, the greatest kings that the nation of Israel has ever seen, was guilty of murder and adultery. But look what God did with him. Rahab was at the bottom of the list for those that was least, like, uh, least likely to succeed. She was at the bottom of that list. She believed and trusted God. And look what happened. So I'm telling you that this morning to let you know this, that you've not done too much bad that God can't fix it. Come on, Caleb. Come on. You see, the devil lies to us and tells us that what we've done in the past, God can't forgive us of it and it's going to stop our future. But when you understand that God majors in bad people, because all of us, we're dead in our sins and our trespasses, but God. You see, you just got to start looking at your past and your problems and your people and just say, but God, but God. See, I came, I came real close a couple weeks ago to get on Facebook and, and just really start working some things out. Because I kept seeing these comments where people were being baptized at the 4th of July celebration and they were saying, it's not really real. 
They just doing it because somebody else did it. But I was real spiritual. And I refrained. But I did talk pretty bad about some of them. You got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that all through the Bible you see a majority of people, and out of that majority there's one. Or out of that majority there's two that will stand up. All throughout the Bible, from Genesis all the way through, you'll see where there was a group of people that were walking into disobedience, but out of that group, one stood up. Just one stood up. You might be the one that stands up that turns your entire family around. You might be the one that stands up that turns your community around. You might be the one that stands up that causes a child of yours to say, if daddy did it, I know I can do it, so I am going to follow Jesus. See, the Bible is a storybook of salvation, of salvation history, but it's a story whose characters are people that were messed up. And I I would like to use another word there, but some of y'all might get upset. They were goofed up. They had been scarred up and messed up by the world. But yet, the grace and mercy of God came down and touched them and said, Mikey, I'm going to use you, son. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. doesn't matter all that. I'm going to use you, and I'm going to make people know that I am God that is working through you. Don't quit on God. Don't back up on God just because it hadn't happened yet. Believe God and trust Him and stay in there until you see Him move because He will move. Hallelujah. So let's pray. And when we pray, I want you to sing that again. We might just start all over. Father, I pray over those this morning. I pray over those people today that have been labeled by their past. They've been labeled by people around them that cannot forget who they used to be and what they used to do. I pray for them this morning, and I thank you today that, Father, Can I tell you this? Let me just interject this. God just spoke this to my heart, and he said, I want you to tell them, I'm not going to remove the label. But he said, I'm going to remove the effect of the label. So I say that because I believe this is what God is saying, is that people will never forget your label. So what you've got to realize is that God forgot it, And I'm no longer subject to it. Listen, my wife was doing her hair. She was was making her hair real pretty. 
using that color stuff. All right. My wife is a redhead, but she enhances that redhead. And, and she was enhancing her hair. I'll say it like that. She was enhancing the color of her hair. And, and she, as she was doing that, I was standing there and she said, she said, Corn, can you get my glasses? And I, I said, as many times you've done that, you need glasses. And she said, she said, no, they've changed it up. She said, it's a different label. It's the same label, but it's different. And she said, I need my glasses so I can make sure that I'm following the directions. So God's just going to change things up. You might still have the same label, but God said, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to enhance it and make it better. So, Father, I thank you this morning that that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who you are is going to come and the label will no longer affect us. Father, I thank you this morning that, that as we get free from the label, the lid is going to be blown off by the power and the anointing of your Spirit.